Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, David Steele, and I'm flying solo for this special episode. Just a friendly reminder, if you like what you're hearing, you can follow us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just search Real Talks. That's R-E-E-L Talks. Just like my name, S-T-E-E-L-E. Also, you could follow us on social media. I can be found on Twitter at WannabeRounder, LinkedIn, and on Instagram at DCaduto. She's also on Instagram at Elisa Ivers. That's E-L-I-S-A-I-V-E-R-S. One word in all lowercase. Just a couple quick announcements. Our revamped Patreon channel is now live. You can find it by typing Real Talks into the search bar. Let me tell you a little about it. We're now offering four different affordable levels for you to support us at. $3, $8, $15, and our largest is only $20 a month. If you do choose to support us, you'll have the opportunity to get some great perks, such as your name shouted out before every podcast, cool merch, and if you're one of our major contributors, you'll get a one-hour monthly Zoom meeting with Alyssa and myself, not to mention one unpublished podcast. For more details, just go to the website. I'll leave the link in the description. Which leads me to my next big announcement. Flashback Fridays have now begun, and we are a few weeks in. This is where Aaron Cargarn and myself will be discussing films from the past. The last film we talked about was Thor, The Dark World. And then we're going to be doing every single MCU movie in chronological order. Stay tuned for this week's episode, where we will be talking about Captain America, Winter Soldier. I cannot reiterate enough. Hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. So today is a special spoiler cast episode. I will be talking about this year's, this week's release of Lightyear. So if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it and come back and listen. I'm going to be talking about everything. Okay, before we do get started though, we have to pause for a quick break. We'll be right back. Leadership. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starfleet Leadership Academy. It's ongoing mission to develop leaders through Star Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. A Star Trek podcast told through the lens of leadership development. Subscribe today. The Starfleet Leadership Academy. Welcome back. So, we're here today to actually talk about as I said in the opening, this is going to be a spoiler cast, and we're going to be dropping everything about the movie Lightyear. So let me tell you a little bit about the film before I get into it, and then we'll dive deeper into it. So the budget of this movie was quite high for Pixar, and that's the studio that actually made this. Was a It was a Pixar animation film, which is a subsidiary of Walt Disney. It's really a Disney film, but Pixar is one of those kind of off in the distance companies that they have. So as I said, it was a $200 million film. So this was a pretty expensive film for Disney. Highly anticipated. And it was written by a couple of people. Angus McLean, Jason Headley, and Matthew Aldridge. Now, Angus actually directed this as well. And it, it should be noted, this is going to be his directorial debut. So not knowing, not ever doing this before, he... You could see a little, while the film aesthetically was good and looked good, there were a couple of things that you could point out if you wanted to that were inconsistent. 
as I said, it was also race, written by uh, Jason Headley, and he did Onward. That was the only other movie he has done, which was okay. And Matthew Aldridge, and the only other movie he had written was Coco back in 2017. And while that was a good movie, this is only his second movie screenplay that he has done. So just like anything else, you're getting better as you get more work for it. Before I dive into the movie, I want to dive into the box office because that's very important to this. So this came out this last weekend, obviously, and everybody thought, not everybody, but a lot of the pundits believe that this was going to be able to beat Jurassic World Dominion, and that wasn't the case, and I'll get to that in a minute. So it was expected to make between 70 to $85 million for the weekend, and it only took in about $51 million for the whole weekend in 4,200 plus theaters. It made, it's only made 85 million total worldwide, grossing another 35, close to 35 million overseas. It actually did okay for previews Wednesday and Thursday. It made $5.2 million. I don't discount, I don't like, I saw it Wednesday, truth be told, but I don't really count Wednesday and Thursday box office. I'm a traditionalist. As for me, it's Friday, it's Saturday, it's Sunday. So the weekend box office shook out like this. Jurassic World actually won the box office this weekend with $58.7 million. It made an impressive $20 million this, this last yesterday, or estimated $20 million. It's made $249 million, close to a quarter of a billion dollars here in the States. And over $622 million worldwide. Lightyear came in very close second at $51 million, as I said. And so that's pretty good. But when you're looking at a $70 or $80 million weekend, there's still a little below expectations, I think. And it only made about $14 million last night. So Top Gun Maverick. Now, we keep, and this has been out four weeks now, and I keep harping on this because it's magnificent not only the film was magnificent but the numbers are incredible this is the second highest grossing movie for paramount of all time to think about this it made 44 million dollars this last week and it's fourth week out with jurassic world with lightyear and only being 7 million back and it's made 466 million dollars in four weeks and another $419 million overseas, bringing its grand total to a little over $885 million. This has a chance, believe it or not, this is a chance to make a billion dollars. If this keeps on the pace it's going, it made $17 million last night. And then Doctor Strange. What can you say about Doctor Strange, right? This has been out since the beginning of May. It's been out only a month. It's on Disney Plus if you want to go watch it there. It made a million and a half dollars last night, and it made $4.2 million this weekend. Domestically, all told, a little over $400 million, and it's gonna, this is going to be another billion-dollar movie for Marvel. It's a nine, sitting at $942 million. So, I mean, between these four films, and, and this just gives you another indication of the box office, the movies, they're back, right? Right here, you have 95, you have almost $150 million in one weekend. Now, it's 
I mean, it's a really even, even threshold between the, the three movies. I mean, Jurassic World made a little bit more, but yeah, it's just, it's great to see. And we have all these movies coming up for the rest of the summer. I mean, we have Bullet Train. We have the new Thor movie coming out at uh, the beginning of July. We've got Elvis coming out next week. We have all of these great movies. So it's going to be interesting to see. But you guys aren't here to listen to that. You guys are here for Lightyear. That's what you want to hear, right? So let's get into this. So the o- I'm going to tell you the overview of the movie first, and then we're going to dive deeper into it. So the overview of the film is, while spending years attempting to return home, Maroon Space Ranger Buzz Lightyear encounters an army of ruthless robots commanded by Zerg who are attempting to steal his fuel source. So as the movie begins, we see Buzz and his co-pilot, Alicia, on a planet and... They are going to return to their ship and then fly home. Well, it doesn't go as planned because the ship crashes. And so they have to try and figure out how to get off this planet. You know, they, they so their ship eventually gets swallowed up and then they eventually have to make do with what they have. So everybody, a year later, we see that they've now established a colony there. And so they're about, as we begin the film, we uh, have now been established there and we're going to see this first flight of hyperspace and to try and get back to their home planet. So at that point, so they think, so there's a fuel source, as I said, as, and so they were trying to get the correct fuel source to actually make it back to their planet. So after several attempts, he fails. But here's the kicker. Okay. In the first time he tries, he comes back and he notices things are different. People have aged. Like one of the guys has a goatee, another one, you know, Alicia has a little gray hair or, you know, something like that. And so one of the people, one of the technicians says to him, listen, every time you fly, okay, you are, it's four years for us down here, but it's only a few seconds for you there. So, which is huge, right? I mean, four years is a long time when you, relatively speaking. So, he tries this again and again and again, and he's unsuccessful. And there's a great montage of where Alicia is. We see Alicia, and she's aging a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And this is where the big controversy that, you know, everybody's talking about comes in so one thing that i i love i love movies as everybody knows that listens to this podcast regardless of what it is who they are you know what the character who the character is and if you go back and listen to the interview i just did with brad rochefort i ask him what makes a good character and he says aha okay a good character is three-dimensional and a good three-dimensional character lives inside a story and let's let's work with those two things first we'll say what is a three-dimensional character so a three-dimensional character has a physicality and it's a purposeful physicality which is easy to picture if you picture Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold Schwarzenegger is very tall and very muscular 
and you either play towards or against that. So in a movie where his strength is required, you're playing towards his strength, and you, you write into it, even if you don't know you can afford an actor of his stature, maybe it's Dwayne Johnson, or, or it's the next iteration of that person, man or woman, young or old, it's a physically strong person, and you say, like, you know, this character goes to the gym more than they go anywhere else in their life, or, or whatever it is you describe in the details of the script. You give them a physicality that means something in the story that they either have to do something very heroic, or in the opposite sense, you know, you could picture Arnold Schwarzenegger in like uh, Kindergarten Cop, where he has to go down to the kindergarten and you say, okay, well, now is his physicality a hindrance? Because he's so much bigger than the children, it, it doesn't work for him, you know, or, or Twins with Danny DeVito where you play off that. So you, you give someone some physical characteristic that means something in the film, and it's not like a 100% requirement. This is just how you start to build a character is that you purposely give them one physical element and then you give them one sociological element. So your sociology is how you socialize. That means you have a low income, a medium income, a high income, or you're super rich, or you grew up in a house that was very small or very poor or very normal or very upper middle class or very rich, or you, you have them dress a certain style. You, you give them one or two meaningful elements. And these, these elements mean something with where you're taking the story. And you only have to pick one or two things. And you only have to describe them once or twice, and the audience and the reader goes, okay, now here's a person of a certain physicality, they're very this or, or not very that, and then I, I can understand where they fit in society. And then you give them a mindset, a psychology. So we said a physicality, their physical self, a sociology, where they fit in, in the social world, and then a psychology is their mindset. So are they an optimist? Are they a pessimist? Will they change from one to the other? Do they have a, a worldview? Do they have a perspective on something? And you let the audience in to the person in those three singular things. And you say, okay, I know a middle-class person who is of very average height and weight and who has a very average mindset. I know that person. You can make your character like glass of milk, middle America, plain light bulb, regular. And that is a character. That, that is a character because you've specifically said those three things. They get everything that has a three and a half star review on Amazon. That's that's their sweet spot. 10% off, three and a half stars on Amazon. Like if I'm going to be the screenwriter of that script, I might, I might type that into the script. I would say David goes on Amazon and buys anything that's 10% off, three and a half stars or better. And that's his mantra in life. And as the reader, I get it. I go, I know who that person is. They're, they're not focused on glitz and glamour, but they're not poor. And I go, I know that person. And th that's what you want to do. You want to capture in three pieces that the reader knows that person or they've seen that person. Then a character lives in... How, is this the kind of detail you're hoping for? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Okay. So a character then lives in a story. When you hear people say what makes a good character, what makes a good character is a display of character. I don't want to get someone who's dressed in the outfit of the fantasy of the writer, whether that's Ray-Ban sunglasses or a pink briefcase if you're in Legally Blonde or anything in between. I want a display of character. So I want to see a person I recognize for their strength or for their weakness. Okay, you don't have to give a positive ending, an up ending or a Hollywood ending, but you have to give people an emotion to feel when they leave the film. And you do that by saying, did this person have a weak character and they gave into temptation or they didn't meet the challenge? Or do they have a strong character and they met the challenge or at least they faced the challenge or they tried? And so it doesn't matter what age you are, 
what race you are or ethnicity, what creed you are, what religion you are. So here's where the big controversy comes into play. They Pixar made Alicia uh, gay. And so during the montage, you see as Buzz is going to his room and Alicia is going to her room, you see her age. And first it's an engagement ring. And then she opens the door and it's her. And there was a kiss between the two characters. Not long. Probably, you know, split second kiss. And we have countries in the world that will not play this movie because of the belief that it is wrong. And I don't understand that. And I suppose I'll never understand that. But it's a beautiful thing. Okay. I mean, when I look at a person, I don't look at them for their physicality. Okay. I look at them for who they are as a character. And once again, Brad made up, brought up the point. It's when we see, when we say character, it's not character trait. It's who they are as a person. And that's what there was a big to do about this. So, um, United Arab Emirates countries, Dubai and a couple other countries won't play the film. Okay. It is what it is. That's their beliefs. I'm not one to step on their beliefs or anything else. I'm not here to talk about religion or anything else. Okay. Back to the movie. So he goes and he flies this mission probably the better part of five or six times. And in this, while he's doing it, we see her age and she gets gray hair and everything else. And that then at the end of the montage, we see he opens the door, and it's empty. And there's a little recorder sitting on the table. And it's her. It's Alicia. And she's like, you know, I miss being up there with you. And it was really kind of touching. And so, you know, she's a grandmother. She's got a, you know, she's not well. She's going to probably pass very shortly. And you see this child come up, Izzy. And so, you know, it brings a smile to her face, and she's like, Oh, you know, she says to Izzy, well, I'm recording this for my friend Buzz, and he's a space ranger. Oh, I'm going to be a space ranger someday. So then, you know, you see Buzz turn it off, and he's definitely sad that he's going to lose his friend. Because the, he, this is all he knew, you know, knew her. So in the very, he, he makes, and so his commanding officer comes to him and says, look, Buzz, we're done. We're not going to make any more flights. We're, we're just going to stay here. We've already established ourselves here and everything else. And so he gets this cat, robotic cat named Socks, who I loved. I thought it was it was genius what they did and made it fr uh, kid-friendly and everything else. And it was supposed to help him with his emotions. And Buzz being this big, strong, tough guy, didn't want to give in at first. And as the movie goes along, you see him start to care for the cat. And there's even one scene when they said, well, we're going to take the cat back from you. And he looks back and he's like, okay, hold on. At least let me do it. And he jumps out the window and he takes off. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he, it grows on him. Okay. So that being said, it, it just, it, the, that sucks. So what ends up happening is when he, when they go in the run, okay, from that, he steals the shuttle. And he mixes it. So Socks figures out the correct fuel combination to get off the planet. So they test it out and it works. But something goes wrong. 
So now they're on the run and they have this fuel source and they can't get back. So when he hits hyperspace, he lands on this planet, but this planet is not what you think. It's well into the future. And this is where we meet Izzy, the daughter or the granddaughter that he was talking to in the, that Alicia was talking to in the message. So she see, she saves Buzz and then, you know, goes back and says, you know, follow me to, back to my place, you know, the, our base. So he does. And then we get introduced to some other characters, mainly one played mainly by Tiger Bertini, which, of course, did Jojo, directed Jojo Rabbit. He's done episodes of Mandalorian, several other things. So we have Mo, who is this big, not big, but British, his uh, he's got a British accent and does it well. Uh, Darby Steele, played by Dale Sauce. And yeah, so those are the, so it's those three that are going to help us. And the thing, the one main thing you see about this character, Buzz Lightyear, is he doesn't want to help, right? He thinks he can do everything on his own. And this is a good life lesson. Like everybody, regardless of how tough and big and strong you are, they think. They need help. Everybody needs help. So, as the the mission goes along, he basically says, "I'll I'll do this myself," and things get go awry, and so he wants to get back. So it's now a bunch of misfits or a motley crew, if you will, to defeat Zerg. Okay, because they're fighting. They're all fighting these robots at this point, and so. They said, you know, the only way we're going to be able to destroy this ship is to go up there. And so after a long, drawn out, I wouldn't say long and drawn out. There, there are several little adventures that they have along the way. And that being said, everybody seems to, to bond. And there's a r- lot of cute moments in it. One, for example, is where, you know, they, they're all having sandwiches but, you know, with when here on Earth, uh, we all eat a sandwich, bread, meat, bread. Well, in this one, when they're in space, they're eating it meat, bread, meat. And it's just, it's complete. So it's a complete backwards thing. And so it's, it's fun. At that point, he goes up to the Zurich ship, Buzz does. And so they, so they're trying to figure out how to get up there. And so eventually they end up getting up there with Buzz. But the kicker is Zerg. And by the way, I, I didn't know this until reading this today. Actually, Zerg was based off of uh, Darth Vader, which I thought was very interesting. So Zerg ended up being Buzz, Buzz's father. So, it was, I mean, it was taken right out of a spoof from right out of uh, Empire Strikes Back, right? So. Yeah, and so now that Zerg has this fuel, he can go back and make everything the way he wants. There are a couple of there. Are, I know I'm not giving you the whole thing, but there are a couple of takeaways here. What I took away from this film was number one: everybody needs help. Everybody, everybody needs help, and nobody can do it all on their own. It's just impossible. Okay. Number two is that you can help people out whenever you get the chance. 
right? I mean, the, and, and the reason I bring this up is because he eventually, you know, warms up to the fact that this is his crew now. And, you know, Mo and, and Darby are, is his crew. And so he eventually, he eventually comes to that realization. I think that this movie was very, I, I loved it. Okay. Be, and it wasn't a rip off of Toy Story before, you know, and listen, film is all subjective. As I said in my tweet, it's, it was emotional. I mean, it, I, I suppose emotional wasn't the word touching. It was touching. It was fun. It made me laugh. And these are all things that a movie is supposed to do. I really, really enjoyed this movie. So they get back and Zerg is destroyed and he gets the pick uh, any of the the people that he wants to and he says I'll take my own crew because they've you know we are a a a crew now we are a team and so I think that it's one of those things where everybody's going to have fun seeing this okay because everybody loves Toy Story and whether you're my age, I'm 46, but I grew up with Toy Story, or you have a little one, you know, or you're a pet lover, or anything else, you're going to enjoy this movie. And I really, it's actually really cool to see the origin story of Buzz Lightyear, because we, when we meet him in 1995 in Toy Story, we don't know anything that's happened to him, right? I mean, here's... He gets home with Andy and, you know, we see Buzz Lightyear for the first time. This tells exactly how he became Buzz Lightyear and what he went through and the struggles that he had to be a space ranger. It was a good movie. I'll just, I'll just put it that. It was a good, fun, endearing movie. The fact is that as far as the, the money it made, it's always going to make money. I mean, it may have underperformed for Pixar, but there was, I think, a couple of elements that made this not do as well. Number one, I think that, unfortunately, you had bad press about it, you know, with this whole, you know, AE, UAE thing, with them not showing it. I think that a lot of people read that and said, well, you know, and I think that had something to do with it. I think Jurassic World, you know, it's still... Believe it, you know, it still had footing, even though it wasn't the greatest movie in the world. And I haven't seen it per se, but from what I understand, it's not a good movie. Colin Trevorrow did not do a good job with this. And and if you want to actually go back and listen to my podcast with Ryan McQuaid, we talk about this. That we did a blockbuster preview a couple of months ago, and he said the second one is just an abominable mess. It, it's so laughable. It's one of the worst blockbusters of the last decade just because it doesn't know what it wants to be and the the poor directing and talent and the writing and everything it's just a mess and so now Trevorrow comes back to this after being kicked off of Rise of Skywalker which I mean it seems like he dodged a bullet there and he graduated to this and it was like going up well you see what happened right they had to bring everybody back just to make 150 some odd million dollars opening weekend and by the way i mean universal will never say that but i'm sure they were hoping that to make more because they're not going to make any more of those movies 
This was like the last hurrah for them. So anyways, I think that Jurassic World making that much, I think, had something to do with it. And then Top Gun took some money away from it, too. I mean, it made $44 million. So let's put it this way. Even if Top Gun makes, if Top Gun makes about 20 or $25 million, that money is probably going to go to Lightyear. Now it's looking at like a $70 million weekend, which is on the low end, but it was still in that expectations that, you know, Pixar had. So I think it was a number of things. As I said, the whole bad publicity, I think the fact that it had a couple of movies out that did well. And so they were going to have repeat business for people that hadn't seen it. So that did not help any. This movie, the only benefit this movie's light year I'm talking about now is going to have is overseas. It's going to make its money back with $200 million, but this is probably going to make only around $400 million, maybe. So, you know, I hope that they don't, I really hope they don't go out and make a Woody movie. That to me would just be a, if they, if Pixar did that, that would be a cash grab because let's face it, Buzz Lightyear is a hell of a lot more popular than Woody is. So, yeah, I mean, I liked it, like I said, and I know I keep saying it, but I, I liked it. It was it was a good, fun, charming, touching movie, and it's worth going to see. So it will be interesting to see what happens next weekend. And I'll say this, and I'll tell you why. Because next week we have Elvis coming out, okay? And this will be the first time in three years, probably, we've had four, well, at least three, but four substantial movies out in the movie theaters at one time. We'll have Jurassic World, we'll have Lightyear, we'll have Top Gun, and we will have Elvis. I'm really curious to see what projections are for that. because. If, I mean, Elvis is obviously one of the most iconic people in the, you know, in U.S. history. I mean, he is the king of rock and roll. <laughs> Let's face it. So he changed the whole generation as far as what music was done. So I'm wondering how much they're thinking this would make. If I today had to put a number on it with everything out, I'm probably, it's going to win the weekend. I'll probably say 60 to 70 million. I'll say 60 to 70 million dollars. It's not going to be huge because you're still going to have people. Look, if Top Gun made 44 million dollars in this fourth week, it's not dropping that much. And Lightyear is going to make probably, I don't know, 30. So that money that would be going toward Lightyear is now going to go toward Elvis. I don't think Jurassic World makes. Jurassic World will be lucky to make $40 million next year, or next week. So, you know, I mean, you had, as I said, about $150 million between the three films. Now, if you cut that in half, or, you know, a quarter, now it's a whole different story. So, okay, I know I kind of went off on a tangent, and I didn't give you guys everything about the movie, but I wanted to keep some stuff for you to actually go see. Please. Lee, you know, I'm on Twitter, as I said, at Wannabe Rounder. Go follow me. Tell me what you thought of the movie. If you've seen it already, tell me what you thought of it. 
if you haven't seen the movie, go see it and then shoot me a message. I will I will reply to all DMs. So I I think that you know I and and by the way I'd like to I'm in the process. So let me tell you what's coming up on the podcast. What we got coming up next week? We have Alicia and myself are going to be doing bio movies. Bio movies, you know, there's been a lot of them. I mean, you've got one movie I love and I can watch every day of the week and twice on Sunday is Steve Jobs with Michael Fassbender and Kate Winslet, directed by Danny Boyle. I love that movie. You've had Joy with Jennifer Lawrence, another great movie by David O. Russell. You've had plenty of, of those movies. Even Blue Crush was the movie about a surfer that lost her arm to a shark attack. And, you know, so you've had plenty of bio movies out there. But that's all in preparation for Elvis that's coming out this week. Flashback Fridays. We're going to, as I said, made mention in the open, we are going to be doing Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I think it's a top five MCU movie. And I think, and I said it in the podcast, I really believe it saved the MCU. I really, truly do. So what else do we have? Oh, of course, we have, I am trying to put together, and I'm going to work diligently to do this, but I am trying to put together Mob Mondays. And I'm going to sit down and we'll talk about all of the great mob movies. That's The Godfather, The Godfather 2. By the way, if you want to go back and listen to one of my very first podcasts, we did The Godfather Turns 50, so we talked all about that. But as I said, The Godfather, The Godfather 2, Goodfellas, Casino, The Departed, Black Mass, underrated Johnny Depp movie. He actually got an Academy Award nomination for that. But so I want to try and put together Mob uh, Mondays for that. And uh, yeah, we're just going to have this you know, keep going with this channel. I have another, hopefully another couple of great interviews coming up. And guys, please, if you really want to support me, if you don't want to follow me on Twitter, but you want to want, you want to listen to the podcast, go to the Patreon, please. I know, I know it sounds like I'm begging. It's $3 a month. That's a cup of coffee at Starbucks right now. Eight bucks. It's $6 for a gallon of gas right now. For eight bucks, you get your name shouted out on every single podcast for a full month. You're going to get a haiku from Elisa, okay, which is great. And you're, you're going to get some other stuff. $15 a month. It's going to get you a t-shirt. It's going to get you a mug. It's going to get you the shout out. And for the biggest one, it's $20 a month. Think about that. $20 a month. You're going to get the hat. I'm sorry, I, I keep saying hat for some reason. <laughs> you're going to get the t-shirt, you're going to get the mug, you're going to get the shout-out, you're going to get one podcast that nobody else is going to get per month, and you're going to get a one-on-one -on -one Zoom meeting with Alicia and myself. So it's, it's worth it, trust me. Okay, so until I speak to you guys on Tuesday... I'm David Steele, and you have been listening to Real Talk.